The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. by calling 877-317-9772. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to PWR Reaction. For Sunday night, it is TLC Live, Sunday, October 22nd, 2017, along with Matthew Thomas. It's the man they call Meathead. Matthew, good evening, sir. Good evening, and may I remind you, do not go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and streams that you are used to. Is that like some deep-seated reference to something going on in your life today, Matthew? (laughs) Well, you said TLC, so whenever I think TLC, I think waterfalls. (laughs) Fair enough. We are going live, even though right now the main event's still going on. Lots and lots to talk about. Right now, just to give you an idea, folks, if you haven't watched (coughs) and getting all your results and all your, you know, uh, happenings from us, Right now, Kurt Angle playing the role of Roman Reigns with the Shield as they slam the Miz down for the one, two, and three. TLC is in the books. Kurt Angle, for the first time in 11 years, participating in the WWE ring. Matthew, uh, do you think this is something they've been working towards, or literally because of the viral infection that's been going around the locker room, was this something that they pulled out of their ass? I feel like this was 100% viral infection pulled out of their ass tonight. That's and, what she uh, said. Yeah. Wh- you, <laughs> wow. And it's uh, an angle picking up the victory on the Miz. We didn't see that coming. But hey, here's the thing, and it might just be a completely aesthetic type of deal, but I, I don't really even feel like they've blown the Kurt Angle return. Like for some reason, when I'm seeing Kurt Angle in shield garb, for some reason it's not registering with me this is – Kurt Angle returning. It's just like kind of this weird in-between. Well, I'll tell you this. Kurt Angle still looks like Kurt Angle. If you didn't know that Kurt Angle was gone, let's let's put ourselves in our shoes in 1988, for example, when uh, a talent disappeared and all of a sudden showed up again out of nowhere. You know, Kurt Angle still looks like Kurt Angle. I mean, and it helped Kurt Angle – you know, obviously having the, the, the shirt on, so, you know, if there's any kind of, um, uh, you know, any kind of weight or any kind of, you know, maybe, you know, yeah. not as fit as he used to be, wearing the shirt hides a lot, and Kurt Angle looks real good. Now, granted, when they brought Goldberg back, Goldberg knew he was coming back, worked towards coming back, and that's a body that looked like it had been worked. When yeah. Goldberg came back, he had looked, the only thing different with Goldberg was the white in the chin. That's it. Kind of like the man yeah. they called me in. When he doesn't shave, he's got a bunch of white in the chin. Other than that, Kurt Angle looked exactly like Kurt Angle. The head never left. I, I thought it was, I thought it was true, definitely true, that Kurt Angle looked real good in the ring tonight. Your overall thought on the, Angle's performance? Yeah. Well, you got to give WWE credit because they knew that they were not going to be able to live, to deliver several matches as advertised. So instead of just going halfway and kind of trying to make do, they went over the top and over-delivered 
as far as, you know, who was going to be in the main event and also on the undercard. And I was, to be quite honest with you, more excited for this pay-per-view than Unfortunate Fans was. I was more excited today going in than I was on Monday going in with the card as advertised. So WWE, you know, knew that they were not going to be able to deliver that card as advertised and I think over-delivered with the card. So overall, tonight felt... You know, a little bit strange, but uh, I, I think that your hot pockets are done, sir. Go turn the microwave off. When, when the when the uh, when the uh, when the overall dust settles tonight on my hot pockets, that uh, you know it'll be a a memorable pay per view. It will be memorable for lots of reasons. Now, again, this is not a rag on TNA move at all, or Impact Wrestling, or Global Force, or whatever the hell they call themselves now. But they've had multiple instances in the, you know, what, 11 or 15 years we've been paying attention to them that they just, you know, weren't able to deliver on the card that they were, you know, promising us and had to make do with a different card. WWE literally, as you just said, over-delivered. Not only did we see a return of Kane on Monday night, which probably foreshadowed. I don't know if Kane was planned to be there either. They might have knew about that bug that was floating around in the locker room and, you know, like TNA where they have this wrestler called, uh, what is his name? He's the uh, fill-in wrestler or what? what's the guy's name again? What's the, uh, the yeah, term? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a dude on standby. I can't think of his name, but I know Standby exactly wrestler. Who you're talking about, standby wrestler, yep. Right. Uh, the difference being that the WWE has Hall of Famers on standby. I mean, so it's, uh, you know, they've got a guy that looks like he just got out of a delicatessen and then, you know, on standby for the WWE is a former Olympic gold medalist. So a little bit different. And it was good to see the way they filled it in. But, however, the main event to me, and we're going to run through the whole card tonight, but let's talk about the main again. The main event for me seemed like a huge cluster, cluster F. (laughs) You knew that you were stretching, okay? This match was stretching. It was stretching the whole time. How is it that they couldn't finish on time? If we stretched it out that far, if we knew that we were trying to fill the show, you still can't finish on time? I don't think it's something they strive to, and I think, honestly, they strive to finish over because, in a way, they feel like they're over-delivering content to the network subscribers. And I don't know the answer to this, but, again, if it is a – deal that is consistently available on standard pay-per-view, if you have every show finish so that it leaves the paying pay-per-view customers uh, not able to watch the conclusion, then that's going to drive more people to the network. So to be quite honest with you, or frank as the new kids are calling it these days, I think they're striving to go over on every pay-per-view. So they stretched out to get over, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, folks, we're going to break down tables, ladders, and chairs. And again, Matthew, your arguments for years and years and years now, this stretch between, it seems like it's between about uh, April and October, these gimmicked pay-per-views, Money in the Bank, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, Hell in a Cell, uh, First Pancake Matches, you know, whatever they're doing. (laughs) I'm glad this seems to be the last one. Am I wrong? Is this the last one? Because we've got Survivor Series Yeah, we've got Survivor Series, and traditionally, I mean, going back to the last couple of years, TLC used to take place in December, right? Didn't this used to be a December pay-per-view? Not really. I mean, there hasn't been a rhyme and reason to a lot of them lately. Right, So, right. Um, 
numbers, he was always in October pay-per-view, and that was pretty much the only one I remember. Backlash was an April pay-per-view. Some, and, you know, that's it. So they're in Minneapolis, uh, home of the uh, Minnesota Vikings, who needed six field goals, uh, not able to push it in the end zone, but still coming out victorious. Six field goals, Matthew Thomas. Um, six more than the Denver Broncos were capable of achieving today. Yeah. How many points did the Broncos score today, by the way? I was, how many points total? It was, it was a good round number. A good round number. <laughs> yeah, I think you're referring to a donut. Was that the yeah, round about, about as about as round and as circular as you can get. Uh, I shouldn't talk. I don't have a quarterback on my team anymore. And, uh, you know, we thought we were going from Brett to Aaron, but we went from Aaron back to Brett again. Not the same kind of Brett. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned earlier in the pre-show that uh, Angle was going to be taking Roman Reigns' place because of the viral infection going on. And uh, also mentioned that B-R-A-Y according to the rap song in the video game commercial, would not be participating as well. And it is said that uh, Bo Dallas also uh, stricken by this viral infection going around. Uh, I wonder if Enzo has that too. He said he lost his voice, but I wonder if Enzo's uh, recovering from it too. Who do you think is patient zero? If you name those four, <laughs> who's patient zero? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's a really, really good question. I mean, who who stuck their dick in the mashed potatoes? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> if, if I didn't be that kind of party, I'd put my dick in the mashed potatoes. Yep. Who haven't we seen in a while? That's the that's the answer to that question. By the way, Matthew, I don't just make them up like that. Go to uh, uh, Ill Communication, uh, Beastie Boys. If I didn't be that kind of party. Uh, so... Uh, we're talking about uh, Miz is going to show or give Angle another broken freaking neck. And, you know, it was funny that the promos, I, I wonder how long they knew that this was going to happen. I wonder if this was the plan from Monday and they had these promos filmed because there was a lot of promos cut about Angle being on there with it being just announced today. Yeah. Also, uh, another announcement as well that uh, AJ Styles from the SmackDown Live brand would be taking on the Demon tonight in a one-time-only match borrowed from SmackDown Live. They also mentioned the WWE NXT TakeOver War Games. War Games NXT uh, being announced tonight. Matthew, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a think it's a good move. I mean, that's, uh, you know, something that it's been talked about for a while. Are they going to basically, are they going to take that concept? Are they going to take any old WCW and WA concepts? And it's actually NXT that's kind of the first to uh, to jump over into that territory. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think it's definitely going to pique my interest in the, uh, you know, the next NXT event. And I'm excited. Your thoughts on what we had built up before the show with Elias and Jason Jordan? Oh man, I I don't know. I'm just I'm still trying to wrap my head. Them. Yeah, my head around the Jason Jordan thing. And again, I've been wondering if this was ultimately a way to get the Jason Jordan versus Kurt Angle. And now, honestly, with Angle back in the ring, I think it might be. I, it might be a little anticlimactic. But I think that that right now seems more likely the case than anything. So when I see Jason Jordan in these feuds, I personally think he's just, you know, buying his time until maybe WrestleMania for a program with Angle. 
Alicia Fox and Sasha Banks in the pre-show winner, Sasha Banks. Um, you know, we had that one- or two-week little thing where Alicia Fox seemed to be picking up a win here or win there. Yeah. You know, such a hard worker, such a talented and good hand. But uh, they got to find something better for her to do because, I mean, any credibility, any uh, legitimacy of her winning matches and us taking an investment in her, it's been long gone. Matthew, thoughts? Is that really like, I mean, honestly, I think in WWE to a certain extent, the more competent and dependable you are, the worse it works for you. Alicia Fox is a case. Bray Wyatt's a case. It's almost like these people that they treat as Teflon are the people they're going to book the worst, and it's the people they're a little bit more iffy on that feels like, okay, you know, we need to we need to make a uh, you know a vertical move up the card, whereas your Alicia Fox is your Bray Wyatt's. And, uh, I mean, The Miz, up until recently, it's been much more, okay, these people are Teflon. We can make these lateral moves and just have them, uh, you know, go out, work a program, cut good promos, but then ultimately have them defeated to a certain extent in a very, very screwed up way. I think the more handy of a hand you are, the more dependable you are on the mic, the more comfortable you are in your character. In a lot of cases in WWE, it may actually work against your push. Unfortunately. And, uh, you know, the the term is mechanic. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. one that's, uh, I mean, there's a mechanic over on SmackDown that is a perfect example, and his name is yep. Dolph Ziggler. Because Dolph Ziggler, while given some of the other devices, some of the other um, uh, things to help get a person over money in the bank, titles, you know, world championship, uh, it's just not working. Everybody loves Dolph. Everybody, you know, the internet darling that Dolph was for 10 years or so, he got the world push, but it just uh, it's just not working for Dolph. And again, you know, Dolph uh, has made it clear that he's not happy doing what he's doing. I mean, I saw Dolph doing uh, uh, Adam Ruins Everything. I've seen Dolph as Colonel Sanders. I mean, you know, he, he's a company guy doing what he's asked to do. You know, these guys are consistently out there working day after day, but what else is there for Dolph to do? Or Dolph to do? Dolph to do. I'm not quite sure. Let's start off with the pay-per-view. Emma takes on the debuting Asuka, the Empress of Tomorrow. And um, you ever watch her presentation? The mask is awesome. And she gets all the way to the mask and she takes it off. The face throws it off for me. She seems to be smiling when she takes off her mask that's crying. It's a little weird for me, but other than that, I'm just nitpicking. Uh, Asuka looked good. Emma looked really good as well. Hashtag Emma is a wrestler because uh, Emma looked fantastic tonight. She wasn't going to be beating Asuka, but I thought it was a great women's match. Matthew, your thoughts? No, Emma looked great. It was one of the best Emma matches I've seen in a while. But my question is, was that the right thing to do? I think the thing to do with Asuka is have her come in, make her absolutely destroy people. And because, let's face it, I my concern is that she comes in and it's kind of the Nakamura treatment. If you don't have her in as a strong, strong, unbeatable person – I'm afraid that you're going to have somebody that, you know, English is still a little bit spotty and they're not able to really get the personality of the wrestler over. So at the end of the day, you're left with, okay, why do I care about this wrestler? That's what's going on with Nakamura to a large extent. And 
I think the move is to have her come in and run rough shot over the whole division. And tonight it was a great match, and I really liked it on one hand, but on the other hand, the the booking hand, the hand of what should they be doing to because this was a device to get her over. Nobody thought yeah. coming in this was going to be a match that Emma was going to win. It was pretty much a 99.9% chance that Asuka was going to win this match. That being the given, how do you want to present her? And they presented her in a way where she had a tough time with Emma. Good for Emma, but at the end of the day, when the main variable is to get this woman over in a distinctive fashion to make the audience who never watched a minute of NXT care about this person, did they do the job? And I don't know if they did or not. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Let's talk about um, Elias getting lettuce and celery and Jason Jordan just giggling at him. Um. I don't know. I don't know if I really I think that putting this, and we use the term device, uh, you know, gimmick. We use this um, approach, you know, that term to, you know, different things to get a talent over. I don't know if this Kurt Angle thing is working because now they're stuck with it, okay? Because yeah. the WWE universe, being that it is the universe now, it is the era of the network. See, it used to be that the wrestling company could treat you that you didn't remember what happened three months ago. We have the network now. We remember everything. We'll never forget it. You're going to have to put a mask on him, make him a luchador, just like you want to do with Apollo Crews. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cruiserweights, Brian Kendrick, the Brian Kendrick, and Jack Gallagher taking on the team of Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan. They danced their way into our hearts. It's Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan with the victory tonight. There was two cruiserweight matches. Is this the first time on pay-per-view that we did not have Michael Cole, Booker T, and Corey Graves calling the cruiserweight action? Mm, very, very possible. Very, so was, uh, very possible. And, uh, what is the play-by-play guy's name again? Uh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The other guy. I know who Nigel McGinnis yeah. is, former Ring of Honor world champion, but uh, uh, or Desmond Wolf in TNA, the one that went after Kurt Angle. No. Yep. Um, no, and, and I keep going back to, you know, you and I are doing our Nitro recaps, WCW with a cruiserweight division that was absolutely on fire, and I just, every time I watch a Nitro and every time I watch a Raw or a Raw-branded pay-per-view, I cannot get over how different these cruiserweight divisions feel. It was so fresh. It was so new. It felt like such a cohesive part of the card. And Raw just, the cruiserweight division in WWE right now feels so distinctly separated and segregated from the main roster. I just, I I cannot pinpoint, you know, the first few months of it, on this very show, we thought the purple ropes was the problem. We thought, take the purple ropes away, and you've got a division, and that that wasn't it. I mean, it was part of it, but that wasn't – there's something bigger to this uh, this whole deal. And, and maybe it's the fact that I feel like, you know, WCW, you had the cruiserweight division. Basically, if you watched Nitro and you watched Saturday Night, okay, that's the canon for your cruiserweight division. The network era, it's very, very odd because NXT is self-contained. You watch NXT, the regular shows, you watch their four times a year pay-per-view, you're good. 
what they're doing with the cruiserweight division, it's almost like on Raw and the Raw brand of pay-per-views, they give you just a little bit of preview because that's a little bit of a hook to try to get you to watch 205 Live. It's a very, very strange feeling where this cruiserweight division, and it's really the only division like that in WWE currently because women's division, U.S. title, Intercontinental, your main belts, they're all on the branded shows, cruiserweight division. It's like, yeah, we're going to give you a little bit of a match here and a little bit of a match here, and we're going to try to catch you up on the storylines, but we want to use this as the hook to get you to watch 205 Live. I, I Honestly, I think that's what's hurting the cruiserweight division right now is it is not a self-contained division, and WWE is just in limbo where you honestly feel like when you are watching a cruiserweight match, it is them trying to sell you on a product, the product being the network, the product being buy the network to watch 205 Live. It's a very, very strange feeling, and the cruiserweight division – is just the way it's been promoted, the way it's been branded, honestly just, just feels odd is the best that I can best way I can describe it. Fair enough. We're watching Raw Talk Live on the WWE Network as we're reacting to tables, ladders, and chairs, and here comes Kurt Angle. Uh they didn't even let the guy shower. I mean he's still drenched from his match and uh you know, you're looking at the guy going, damn, Kurt Angle looks like He's still an active competitor. Um, granted, he's he's a Hall of Famer. You know, he's had the medical issues. Obviously, he won the Olympic medal with a broken freaking neck. But does Kurt Angle come back and work? Does he come back as a Brock Lesnar, as a Goldberg, as um, a Rock, uh, a John Cena? Does he come back and work? The temptation is just too great there. When you've got somebody like him with the pedigree, with the resume that he has, I think the temptation is just too too great there. And the yeah, and I've got it on live right now, and he does. He looks like a million bucks. And you said he hasn't had time. To, how do you know he just didn't get out of the shower and didn't dry off appropriately? Maybe they're like, He's hey, still we got to have you. Thing that he had on in the ring. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he just wanted to reuse reuse his clothes, or maybe that's a different outfit. Maybe maybe he likes the garb. He's like, hey. You know what? I'm a Shield member now. Screw that stupid singlet. I'm just going to dress in all black now and go for it. Maybe he's just. <laughs> so uh, if, if, if I could digress for a second here, uh, there was a head coach who was a solid head coach. He took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl in the early '80s. Um, he joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but by the time he became a Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, his name is Sam Weish, by the way. Um, it just to me, it looked like he was just there scooping up everything he could. The guy's entire house, I guarantee you, was littered: his shirts, his pants, his underwear, his socks, his doilies, his you know, his hand towels, everything. Said Tampa Bay Buccaneers on it. Do you think Kurt Angle going to be the same guy? Who goes, I'm a member of Shield. Look at me. I've got Shield toiletry. I've got Shield plates. I've got. <laughs> he just looks like I'm just happy to be in a Shield. I've got gear for life. Like he's got the Shield it's jacket. Really- He's got the shield, you know, comforters. He's got the whole thing. It's kind of strange. And when you really stop back, you know, and look at it, it's like it's not just Kurt Angle in this match. It's like we're going to make him just a solid straight member of, of this stable, you know, down to the down to the frigging gear. And, I'll be and honest, Kurt can't stop him, smiling. I mean, yeah. literally, it's like he never went to class and never went to wrestling school. He can't stop smiling. Somebody needs to piss him off. I need to and, see angry Kurt Angle again. I need to see the competitor, the one that put the mouthpiece in. You know, arr, <laughs> Kurt Angle. That's this guy. Hey, guys, look at me. I'm in a shield. Do, 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 do. 
Wow. And watching and watching him, uh, you know, honestly, I was hoping there was going to be a spot, you know, uh, Cesaro sporting the mouthpiece piece now. I was hoping there was going to be a spot in the match tonight where uh, Cesaro, like he just took it out of Cesaro's mouth and put it in his or something. I was really hoping for that spot. So I was a little bit disappointed. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, with Angle, I think the seal has, the, the seal has been broken. And now that you've got the guy in ring, I mean, especially – Let's not underestimate the finish here. We had angle of all people picking up the victory, and that was not done by accident. You know, if you just wanted to have him kind of in the back of the uh, the back of your mind, you have one of the other guys. But we've got angle angle with a victory over the Intercontinental Champion, and the finish of this match in pay per view cannot be overlooked. It did not happen in a vacuum. It was done for a specific reason. Let's talk women's championship. It was Grandma Mickey James taking on granddaughter Alexa Bliss, and uh, I'm surprised the AARP doesn't have anything to say about this. Did you know that there's a uh, there's a law that says that if somebody's over the age of 40, somebody's 40 or older, you cannot at work bring up their age; otherwise, it becomes ageism and they can sue. Oh wow, I was I was unaware of that, but you know it's it's good that that's on the books. You know, you need to look after those. Those uh, over 40 people. Those a little gray in the beard, a little white in the beard, such as the man they mm-hmm. call me did. Um, great match. Of course, Mickey, you know, solid competitor, solid hand in the ring, the winner and still champion, Alexa Bliss. Uh, Mickey gets on the mic and says, thank you, I love you, this won't be the last time you see me, let's get to work. So uh, this was the payoff, I think, from Mickey coming back into NXT, from going back to SmackDown, hanging out with Alexa, and then finally getting the match. This is the payoff, and that's why there was talk on our own mic. She may take a break and may come back a little bit later. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was a little bit disappointed because with her, I thought that there was there was definitely a legitimate, believable title run if they wanted to pursue that. But um, as uh, Damien and I actually discussed this past Wednesday, that's not the WWE treatment with these returning people. You go back to the Dudleys. You go back to what they're doing with the Hardys right now. It is just not the WWE formula right now to even these people that are not that far removed from their prime that are very, very believable in the role they're in. They are unfortunately kind of reduced to talent that is simply there to get younger talent over. And the likelihood of seeing a Mickey James or a Dudley's, um, the Hardys are a little bit different because they did capture you know, the tag team titles, but as far as that singles run that a lot of people were thinking specifically Matt would get, uh, they just, they're not in that mode of really elevating these returning stars as singles uh, competitors. WWE Cruiserweight title match, Enzo Amore versus Kalisto and Enzo's voice completely shot again. I'm calling Enzo patient zero. I think he's just recovering right now. <laughs> Enzo's going to be patient zero. He had some gabagool or something on a row. But, um, Enzo, going up against Kalisto, Kalisto, the current champion, Enzo actually getting the pinfall victory and becoming a two-time Cruiserweight champion. Matthew, your uh, complaint to end, you know, rightfully so, was that the Cruiserweight division just seems so separate from the main roster. Is Enzo the bridge? He's the best thing they've got right now. You know, I didn't think this was going to happen. It seemed like uh, it seemed kind of uh, I didn't expect them to go right back to Enzo. In retrospect, I think it's a wise move because 
he's really all they've got right now. He's the best bridge they have, and as controversial as WWE deciding to end two or three consecutive weeks of Raw with cruiserweight segments, honestly, Enzo really seems to be the only person that kind of has that crossover charisma right now. And I don't know if he's the bridge, but I think that it was the wisest move for them to try to keep the cruiserweight division halfway entertaining. Okay. Uh, AJ Styles takes on the Demon King, Finn Balor. So, again, this was because of uh, Bray Wyatt being sick, having that viral infection. I thought that these guys, you talked about earlier, you said the phrase over-deliver. Oh, my God. Did this match over deliver? This is not a match we were promised. This is a match we were given. And, you know, that's one thing to WWE's credit that they do is they, if they feel that they need to over deliver to cover up a deficiency somewhere, they will do it. And it was done by two members of the Bullet Club, or as referenced to by the commentators, the club, uh, both leaders of a faction, never saying the word bullet and saying club together. But at the end, the two sweet to signify that this was just a match for the fans. Matthew's thoughts. I think it was a wise move. And honestly, it actually kind of worked to WWE's benefit because they didn't have to develop a storyline to get us here. And I think that's the hesitation on a lot of these quote unquote dream matches happening is you have to have it make sense for both competitors tonight. You really didn't need that. And I think the finish was the wise finish, Balor needed this much more than AJ Styles did it. AJ Styles has come a lot closer to kind of being that Teflon performer, and AJ Styles, uh, as a character, as a persona, I think has done more in his WWE stint than Finn Balor. I don't think AJ Styles is really close to toppling down to the mid-card anytime soon. I think he's always one match away from the top of the card, Balor's a different story. He's had a very unfortunate set of circumstances with the injury shortly after uh, winning the uh, the Universal title. So a clean win over AJ Styles by Balor tonight, I think, really helped Balor. If AJ Styles was to get the victory, I don't think it really did anything extra special for AJ Styles because he's still AJ Styles. So I think Balor had the most to gain tonight. AJ had the least to lose, and it was the right call. Because they're going Raw versus SmackDown at Survivor Series, this is a Raw brand of pay-per-view. I thought there was no doubt that uh, Finn Balor was going to have the pinfall victory over AJ Styles because it is a Raw brand match. The main event, it was a three-on-five tables, ladders, and chairs match. Kurt Angle and the Raw Tag Team Champion Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose take on the team of the returning Kane, Braun Strowman, Cesaro, Sheamus, and WWE Intercontinental Champion, The Miz. Matthew, we've talked a little bit about this at the beginning of the program. Um, to me... This match was a clusterfuck, an yeah. absolute cluster. No rhyme, no reason why Braun Strowman would go after Kane, Kane would go after Braun Strowman, that they would go after each other, that they're throwing them in the dumpster trucks. No rhyme or reason to any of that whatsoever. What we did get out of this was Kurt Angle returning and getting the pinfall victory on the current WWE Intercontinental Champion. Matthew, what are we going to take away from this? Or did they use this as a device to hopefully get Kurt Angle to maybe go for the IC belt against the Miz, get a solid match at either Survivor Series or Royal Rumble? 
I think more than that, it's some type of deal between him and Jason Jordan. I think you're going to have Jason Jordan going up against the Miz again, and he can't get the victory, but his father did, you know, got the pinfall victory. I think this is just a device to kind of spark that Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan feud that I think is probably going to be the ultimate payoff for this. Unfortunately, I think that's all you're really getting. I, your scenario, I think, is better. I think Kurt Angle is a legitimate contender in 2017 four titles and I mean he as a main event contender I really think that um there's some believability there I think that the benefit of that is so much better than anything you're working with him and Jason Jordan but I still feel like that's a payoff if that's not the payoff then this Jason Jordan Kurt Angle's son thing makes absolutely no sense at all Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan colliding for some type of match. That's the only way you can make this make anything close to sense. Okay. Well, that was TLC 2017 tables, ladders, and chairs. It's in the books. Let's take a quick call. How about the 910? Naaman, where are you calling from? Joe from Raleigh. How are you all doing tonight? Evening, Joe. What hey, do you think guess. of TLC 2017? I'm just glad nobody broke their collarbone. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, th- I thought the uh, I thought the uh, you know I got to tell you Joe uh, when um, AJ did that move with uh, Finn where Finn was up and then he jumped up had to catch him and then did the uh, Hurricane Rana it looked like he could have broke a collarbone the way he landed on his shoulder that's literally what I was thinking of when he did that top rope move and, and it would have been a shame if Finn Balor got hurt I mean one day champion just like uh, Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl and made all the hoopla and all that and not better than Brett Favre at the end of the day. And his own family doesn't like him. But that's not why I called uh, I thought the AJ Styles uh, Demon match was probably the match of the year. If not that, then John Cena, AJ Styles at the Rumble, or Omega and Okada, too. But I thought that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, that was great. Uh, I think Enzo Amore is the troll that lives under the bridge. I hate him. I, I hate everything about him. He makes Xbox, X-Pac lovable. But what I was thinking the whole night, and I, lo- I want to hear y'all's comment before you go out the air. Who do you think I was thinking about the whole night, wondering what they were thinking about this whole extravaganza? Uh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel yeah. Bryan. What the hell does he could he be thinking? After everything Kurt Angle went through, how they said he wasn't going to wrestle, they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, and then he basically headlines the pay-per-view. They turn it into all about him instead of the Shield. And i got to think Daniel Bryan's got to just be – Chomping at the bits, but I thought I, I thought it was a great. I, like uh, Matthew, I thought Oscar should have won in a in a blowover. But uh, old girl, her opponent, you know, she can wrestle and she can go. And I thought that was more of an NXT match than a WWE match. And I hope WWE lets Oscar be Oscar, and then the matches in WWE are more like NXT matches, women's matches, which are a lot better and a lot more competitive. But I thought it was yeah. a solid A minus pay per view. Yeah, uh, again, you know, uh, we had started off at the beginning of the show with a, a card that was so going to under-deliver from what they told us. They over-delivered because they have, again, they have Hall of Famers at their beck and call when they have gaps in their show. Uh, they George W. Bush at the debate when the standards yeah. are so low and then you meet the standards then it seems like they're higher. It's like being the prettiest girl at the Waffle House, you know. Oh, I mean, but yeah, I you're love pretty. the Waffle House. Yeah, but hey, but next time you go. Just see, or Danica Patrick, you know, is she really pretty, or is she just the only girl that makes her pretty, seem prettier than she actually is? 
Well, when Jeff Gordon retired, it left her as the only woman in racing, right? Dude, that's, <laughs> that's not right, man. That's not oh, right. It was funny. It was Wasn't hilarious. It? Not, not as funny as the one in the one that beat 36-1 and one with your Wisconsin yeah. Chiefs. Not a good year for y'all. Not not a yeah. good calendar year right now for uh, for the cheese dairy no, capital of the world. All right, Joe. We'll yeah, talk but to you might, Thanks for calling. Yeah, you on. might have the best NBA player in the game though, playing in yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, Giannis is uh, amazing. All right, yes, Joe, he appreciate you calling is. in as always. Thanks for stopping by. Love y'all, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's something to ponder. The the whole Danica Patrick is she hot or is she just like NASCAR hot? I, I guess is what he was getting at. So. We've got more content coming. Again, you and Damien did uh, PWR Primetime solo this last week. Two hours of you two talking to each other. That's amazing. So, was it two hours? Did you guys go two hours on Wednesday, or did you do an uh, hour? No, I mean, I think I think I think, you're, I think we went we went a little north of an hour. I don't I don't think it was a full I don't think it was a full two hours. It's it's two hours if you replay it one time. Though. So I mean, which is an option if if you if you enjoyed it that much the first time. You can just put that on repeat and just have me and Damien talking to you for two hours. Fair enough. So uh, coming up this uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, right here on the PWR Now Network, we do Reaction WCW Monday Night Show. I think we just went through Super Brawl, right? So we've got mm-hmm. uh, we've got new WCW Tag Team Champions, Lex Luger and the Giants. We'll see if the NWO takes them back again. Uh, we've also got... Uh, I believe Six, or X-Pac, or whatever his name is today, uh, became the United States champion as well. So a lot of other great uh, matches. We'll have to have have you tune in tomorrow night and listen. It's Nitro Reaction live right here every Monday night on the PWR Now Network. And this Wednesday, along with ODB, along with Al Snow, along with Robbie E., Matthew Thomas, it's the man they call me that it's David Hero and it's Damian Nelson doing PWR primetime, two hours of solid wrestling conversation. So for Matthew Thomas, I'm the man they call me that. Thanks for stopping by. So long, everyone. Thanks for joining us for PWR Reaction. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast right here on iTunes so you never miss an episode. You can also download new episodes online at pwrshow.com where you can also find podcasts from me, Gene Okerlund, and Al Snow along with the best pro wrestling coverage in the world today from Damian Nelson and David Harrow. Until next time, this is PWR Reaction Podcast signing off.